0: Hi guys, welcome to answer choice E, all of the above. Welcome.
1: By the way, I apologize for last week's episode. There was everything that went wrong. We had to record two different segments, two different times, and uh, we used a new software to edit and all this
0: sorts of stuff. So
1: and we were recording for like three hours. It was a lot, and uh, we were crazy.
0: But it's okay. This one will be a good one, I promise.
1: I am very, very, very excited. I'm so this one. excited
0: for this one. It's gonna be great. Um, what are we talking about today, Sarah?
1: Guess what guys? We have reached a new level of nerd. What we are level? Talking about stars.
0: Stars, like famous people?
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. Star Okay, I was telling Jessica earlier, stars are only called stars because of their legacy. They're supposed to live forever because they are imprinted on the screen, on our minds. But they are not
0: actually masses of incandescent gases.
1: Exactly they are celebrities not twinkle twinkle little star stars and that's the type of stars that we're kind of going to be covering today. Honestly I'm
0: kind of surprised neither one of us did celebrities because we did leave it open for
1: interpretations. I didn't want to cop out.
0: Yeah same (laughs) but I'm excited for mine. Me too. Okay do you have any personal star
1: stories? I have a really cute one. Tell us. Okay, so when I was a little girl, Mm -hmm. my dad and I bonded over constellations and trying to find the first satellite of the Mm -hmm. evening, Uh, and he would always let me win, but I always (laughs) thought that I won.
0: Yes, not that he was just letting you.
1: Yes, and so he was the one to really get me into astrology, not in, like, zodiac astrology. I'm into that because I'm weird, (laughs) Um, but, like... Myth, myths like ancient greek myths and roman myths mm. and especially different like sailing tactics yeah because he's really into nautical stuff which got me into nautical stuff so he would like show me different constellations for navigation and mm-hmm. stuff which was really cool and he would tell me different stories about the stars
0: that's really cool
1: i know he has a lot of secrets up his sleeve
0: see i just grew up being able to point out orion's belt and that was about it yeah <laughs> um sarah you're the one who's actually gotten me more into astrology stuff i'm nowhere near as into it as sarah is but okay i'm a beginner <laughs> astrology lady you're making
1: me sound like a creep you no, are a creep i mean yes but for different <laughs> reasons the only reason why I'm really into astrology is because I like the mythology behind it mm-hmm. and I really like the psychologic like no the psychology aspect of it. I really like how people use it. You know, I yeah. find that really interesting.
0: That's cool. Yeah.
1: I'm also a creep, but it's fine.
0: Also a creep. But yeah, I don't have any like really I feel like I never have stories for these things ever. <laughs> like if we were talking like about famous people i would have some but like yeah
1: i feel like you do
0: but i'm bad at remembering things yeah. my memory's jacked y'all it's bad it's janky yeah um yeah i
1: i don't ha- what is your favorite constellation like even if you haven't pointed it out in the sky yet what is your favorite constellation?
0: Literally Orion's belt. I'm not even joking. I used to make up stories about. Okay,
1: Tell I do me have what? kind of a story. I'm excited.
0: So I had a kid in my school when I was younger, and his name was Orion. Aww. But, like, he was weird. Okay. And, like, I always felt bad because a lot of people made fun of him for his name because it wasn't like Ryan, you know, and they would go, oh, 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 Orion, like to make fun of him. And I always felt really bad about it. And I never knew that that was, like, a star, like, constellation. Oh, yeah. And so when I finally found out, I remember being like, Orion, oh, you're a constellation. And, like, we kind of became friends. Mm-hmm. But I don't I have no idea where he is. I haven't seen him in 17,000 years. But um after that, I would always imagine Orion's belt. And I would imagine... Orion and having fun up in the stars.
1: Aww, that's precious.
0: Yeah, like we were friends in like kindergarten.
1: Yeah, yeah. He's hunting down the bears. um, Ursa Major and Ursa Minor.
0: You want to hear a funny star joke?
1: I would love to hear a funny star joke.
0: What's the worst constellation? Which one? Orion's belt.
1: It's a big waste of space. (sighs) (laughs) It's kind of bad. I know. I was expecting something better, Jessica. Wow. No, that was good. I liked it. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Well, you go first actually. I do go first. I need to find my cellular device so I can read. But I don't think that's going to happen. You can use mine. Okay. <laughs> it's right here.
0: Okay. This is mine. You can have it. Hello. Oh, um, okay trivia number one what drug was the guy that came up with the Oedipus complex you know who I'm talking about now yeah psychologist Freud man yes okay so what drug was he addicted to a cocaine b morphine c amphetamine d opium or e marijuana
1: When I think of amphetamine, I think of amphibians. (laughs) Um, hmm. I'm gonna go with opium. Nah. Ah. It was that cocaine. That
0: cocaine. Cocaine. He was a firm believer of cocaine. Yes. Like, of its medicinal health. And how it would help relieve headaches and sinus pressure and anything.
1: Yes, because it just...
0: It just stopped everything.
1: No, it amplified everything. Well, but it it made everything not hurt as bad. Oh, yeah, because you're too... And I think I... Focused on that.
0: I think I remember reading something about Freud, like, telling everyone, like, take cocaine, like, do cocaine to get all your things out of you. And he kept doing that until eventually he, like... OD'd? Well, no he his wife got addicted or something. I can't remember, but something happened to where eventually he was like, "Never mind. I was wrong." Whoa. Don't do the cocaine.
1: Don't do the. Guys, please don't do cocaine.
0: <laughs> please. I just think it's funny that back in the day doctors would prescribe cocaine to get the ghosts out of your blood.
1: Huh.
0: Like they it's everything, cocaine. Coca-cola. Coca-cola.
1: that's fun
0: yeah yeah yeah
1: okay well mine's not as fun um how long was the longest astronaut in space for
0: (gasps) i kind of did something similar last time
1: 560 days 438 days 200 days 176 days or 717 days
0: Okay, so this has to have been recent-ish. Um, let's go with uh, 438 days.
1: You're correct. Did (gasps) you go through the paper?
0: No, I didn't, I
1: I promise. So, the longest space flight was held by Russia's Valery Polykov, I think, Polyakov, I don't know. Polyakov? Polyakov, yes. Who spent nearly 438 days in space aboard the Mir space station in 1994 to 1995. I really hope you didn't read the next
0: one. I didn't. I'm not looking at your paper. Okay. I really thought it would be more recent. No. Wow. See, I was thinking it was like recent aboard like the International Space Station or something. Nope. Huh.
1: But you know those Russian,
0: the Russians.
1: Right? They're but crazy. I got I guessed
0: right. See, this is why I did good on the SAT, like I said last time.
1: You're just good at guessing.
0: Um, Trivia number two. What date does the oldest found horoscope discuss? So they found the oldest horoscope. What date was it talking about? Okay. Yeah? Do you understand the question? I think so. So, like, they found a horoscope, yeah. and it was like, your horoscope for this date. Oh, Not like what date did they find it, yeah. but what date was it talking about?
1: Okay. Do you get it? Sure. Yes.
0: Okay. So, was it talking about April 16th, 256 B.C.?
1: Nothing happened on my birthday, so. <laughs> that was answer that choice one. A. <laughs> answer
0: choice B, July 18th, 403 B.C. Okay. C is January 23rd, 287 A.D. Answer choice D is August 9th of... 345 A.D. Okay. Or was it April 29th, 410 B.C.?
1: Okay. Well, (laughs) so it isn't D. It isn't August. Well, answer choice E and answer choice A are our birthdays. So uh, I'm just going to guess that it wasn't our birthdays. (laughs) No offense. I'm going to go with... Huh. So deducing down, it's either... B, July 18th, or C, July 23rd? January. January. I can't read. Um, I'm gonna go with answer choice C, January 23rd. No. It was July 18th? No. Was it my birthday? No. It was your birthday. It was my (laughs) birthday. It was answer
0: choice E, April 29th, 410 BC. Whenever I came across that fact, I was like, I have to
1: include it. Nothing (laughs) happens on my birthday.
0: Well, I'm very sad. I need to I didn't even try. I should try to look up the oldest horoscope and see what it says for my birthday in the year 410 BC. Who knows?
1: I wonder what it would say. It would probably say Mercury's in retrograde. <laughs> Don't go to California. All the people in Los Angeles are probably babbling right now.
0: This is 410 BC. And it was probably the same. <laughs> I mean, sure. But that's it. Yeah.
1: Yay. Um. Hopefully you didn't read. I did it.
0: I did not even look at your page.
1: So, how many space stations, spish, spash, space
0: stations
1: are orbiting the Earth right now at this very moment in time? A, 6, B, 3, 4, C, C4. <laughs> <laughs> C4, <laughs> D, 2, or E, 5. So, it's
0: 2 through 6 yeah okay my favorite number is three so i'm gonna go with three it's
1: mine too but it's not our favorite number it's actually d there are two space stations right now
0: and i I believe in the secret one that no one knows about that makes three
1: (laughs) that's scary um, so, there are two space stations right now orbiting the Earth today. The International Space Station, mm-hmm. which is international, anyone can go there. And it's.
0: Anyone can go there?
1: Anyone can go there if you know how to space. I want to know how to space. <laughs> um, it is operating and permanently inhabited by somebody or a couple people, usually two or three. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then the other one uh, is the is from china gotcha and it is not uh constantly inhabited oh so sometimes it's just chilling by itself yes that's cool yeah yeah so are you gonna tell me your star
0: no oh yes i'll tell you my story so i drew psychology oof
1: <laughs> <laughs> oof, oof. it can go so many ways i know but also difficult
0: and you just said like that you like the psycho psychology uh, the psychology
1: the of, psychological space. <laughs> of the psychological
0: aspect to do with like astrology and stuff yes so is that what you did kind of Whoa. today we're talking well it's kind of, a history. It's kind of a history we're talking about astrology it's kind of a history it's kind of a psychology we're just
1: going to tell you our horoscopes and tell you everything about it so i
0: am a taurus um i was researching how astrology and psychology can go together you know i did think of like doing celebrity psychology but that wasn't as fun So I found this guy named Carl Jung. Do you know him? No. Not the llama. (laughs) (laughs) No. No. So Carl Jung, I'm honestly surprised that I don't know who this is and you don't know who this is.
1: Okay.
0: Because it's actually a big name in psychology and we've both taken like psychology courses and stuff.
1: I've taken one and a half.
0: Oh, well I've taken... A couple. I don't remember how many.
1: I'm just crazy and do my own independent research. <laughs> yes.
0: So this guy. oh I need help. Um, I found all this stuff on exploreastrology.co.uk, simplypsychology.org, exploringyourmind.com, and prodanica.com.
1: Please just send me those links so I, I can, will. Because the past two, I'm trying to just link everything we use in the description box, and I've only had mine because I I don't keep asking. Thank you. Well, awesome. Awesome. That's fine so words are hard today guys
0: this guy his name is Carl's nope (laughs) (laughs) no just a singular Carl not a (laughs) Carl's his name is Carl Gustav Jung okay right and he was born July 26 1875 in Kessville, Switzerland so he's a Libra And you say you're not a crazy person, because I could not have told you that.
1: It took me a really long time, and it's only because my friends actually, okay.
0: See, I couldn't.
1: I just was like Beatrice. Tell, tell me everything about you and so then we got into it all of it together and so it was just something that we were both crazy it was a about friend thing yes but then our friends started asking us what are what is my sign and stuff yeah. so then i had to look it up
0: okay what, w- what would caleb's be if his is june 3rd gemini he's a gemini it explains a lot gotcha okay well this guy apparently is a libra <laughs> <laughs> he was born in switzerland and he died june 6 1961 so he had a pretty long life yeah. From
1: 1875
0: to 1961.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, he was the son of a. <laughs> I am the
0: son. <laughs> Phil. Mm. What? I, I, I can't say. It's not. Where? Philologist. Philologist. Where is it? He was the son of a philologist. Yeah. Which is like a person who's really into books. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. His mom was a philologist, and his dad was a pastor. So, yeah. A lot of peas in this house. Yes. (laughs) I wrote, philology is the study of language in oral and written historical sources. It's the intersection of textual criticism, literary criticism, history, and linguistics.
1: So, English majors.
0: Pretty much. Okay, It's it's a lot. Oh,
1: sorry. uh, Literature majors. Literature majors. (laughs) They, like, fight you.
0: (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. But, so, yeah. Um... When I was researching his, like, growing up, it said that his childhood was really lonely, but he had a really, really vivid imagination. Me. Yeah, and I can't <laughs> find if he had... I don't think he had siblings. Because I haven't heard anything about him having siblings. So, um, he... This is also kind of like you. He would watch his parents and his teachers and, like, observe their behavior and then try to help them out. I,
1: like, I'm shook.
0: Like, he would be like well, according to what I've seen you do, like, this is what you should do next. So we're both creeps. Yeah, he's a creep. So, he, remember, his father was a pastor, and his belief in religion was failing. Oh, like uh, not me. No, not you. So he would try to communicate to his father about his own experience with God whoa Yeah. <laughs> <This> is, <it's> <laughs> <spiking>. <laughs> yeah. So his dad was a pastor, and his religion was failing, and so he was like, "Listen, Dad, this is my experience with God. Maybe oh that'll help you out." Gosh,
1: I love this guy. I know. We would okay. be pals. Yes,
0: it gets it gets so much better. Okay. So his dad was a really like kind and tolerant father, but his him and his son didn't really see eye to eye. Like they couldn't connect. Okay. Like they didn't understand each other. Okay. And um, because his family, like, a bunch of people in his family were ministers, everyone was like, well, Carl, you're going to be a minister because that's what the family do. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And so he was kind of like whatever. But in his teen years, he discovered philosophy and became obsessed with it. Oh, no. So he's, like, studying and studying philosophy. And then that paired with how his childhood was – led him to decide that he wasn't going to be a minister. He wants to study medicine and become a psychiatrist.
1: Whoa, that's really cool. Yeah.
0: This
1: guy's awesome. He, like,
0: yeeted out of that (laughs) family (laughs) thing. So he went to the University of Zurich, and I think that was for, like, his master's or something. Like, he he took all these courses and became, like, a doctor, I'm pretty sure. And he joined the staff of the Burg... Golzi Asylum under the direction of Eugen Bluler, okay. which is a big name, apparently. <laughs> um,
1: Just made me think of Blue Whales. So, yeah. yes, big name.
0: <laughs> well, what I had read was, like, the way that time lined up for this to happen for him was, like, perfect. To be cool. under this guy's tutelage. That's really <laughs> Don't laugh at that word. <laughs> it's an academic word. <laughs> Toodle. <laughs>
1: hey, hey, hey. You're a child. What does one dole plus one dole equal? Toodles. I hate you.
0: <laughs> Anyways. Oh, man. Under his mentorship, um, <laughs> because Bluer was really interested, and he is one of the people who, like, really initiated what is now considered the classical studies of mental illness,
1: Holy cats. Right? Holy cats. So, like, this so guy
0: cool. was one of the, like, in- integral people into making this a study.
1: Dang. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, Jung, Carl, the guy we're talking about, he was directly under him. So, he was learning from him. So, because of that, Jung actually helped establish some of the first understandings of mental illness studies. Cool. Yeah. So, he ended up becoming established as a psychiatrist at... Uh, at an international level of recognition, and he was led to kind of understand Freud's ideas. And, you know, Freud is a really big name in psychology. That's also crazy. There's there's a lot of strong emotions about (laughs) Freud. Uh, That's just how it is. Um, A lot of Jung's um, findings, like, throughout his studies actually agreed with a lot of what Freud said, right? Mm-hmm. And so, between 1907 and 1912, he he was BFFs as Freud. That's great. Yeah. Like, they were close. They worked on all this stuff together, right? Yeah. They were collaborators. They collabed.
1: The first YouTubers.
0: <laughs> hey, guys, yes.
1: <laughs> no. Today we'll be talking about...
0: Oedipus. <laughs> <laughs> Ew. So... He ended up holding really important positions in the psychoanalytic movement, and he was ta- he was actually thought to be Freud's successor, successor as the founder of psychoanalysis.
1: Okay, like
0: everyone was like, "This guy is the second Freud." You know, he is really smart, and he's following in his footsteps, sort of deal. That did not happen, <laughs> right? Because
1: did he eat again? <laughs> What? Did he just yeet
0: again? He just swerved? No, he just didn't agree with Freud about the Oedipus complex. I mean, fair. Fair. Like in my opinion, very fair.
1: Very. F- yes.
0: So he he didn't agree with them, and so in 1912, while on a lecture tour of America, like touring, he publicly criticized the Oedipus complex theory. So
1: they are YouTubers.
0: Pretty much, he's causing drama. He, out and about.
1: He be spilling the tea that is so hot.
0: And he's like on lecture. I think it's really funny that he's on a tour lecturing yeah. and then he just drops the yeah, that's BS.
1: <laughs> that's great. And Freud's just in the background like wait. <laughs> Young, what are you doing? Yeah. Stop that. Yeah. We're supposed to be friends. <laughs>
0: so by that's the way, I have been saying Jung. I don't know if it's Jung or Young or, or Jung or anything. I'm going to say it the <laughs> way I, I I'm going to do
1: what I'm going to do. He's Swiss.
0: Okay. I think So it would be Jung. So Jung? Yeah. Okay. Jung. I'll, Jung? Jung. Jung? Yeah. Okay. I'm pretty
1: sure. Uh, I mean... I don't know. Because, but that's also like German maybe. Well, German's close to Swiss. I mean geologically It's more close
0: (laughs) than English is
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah true
0: But I'm gonna say Jung from now on Sorry Mm -hmm. for whoever I'm upsetting with my pronunciation I'm just I'm not gonna get it right unless someone tells me True So Jung ends up publishing a book Opposing Freud's ideas
1: The first subtweet
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes And naturally Freud got mad Right Because this guy who had been his follower and his bestie and his collaborator just yeeted on him. So
1: basically, Jung is uh, Shane Dawson, Uh. and Freud is like everyone else he opposes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: Freud is, what's his name? Um, James Charles. (laughs) Ford is James Charles and Jung is Jeffree Star. So, (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what's going on.
1: Yikes. I don't know these people. I don't. I'm a reckless, so I just stay in my room.
0: I only know these people because of my 12 year old sister, so Lord knows. Well,
1: you're a 12 year old boy. I'm 13, so I'm too good for it. (laughs)
0: So, so, um, Jung was elected president of the International Psychoanalytic Society. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which he was request he was he was elected president at the request of Freud because this was the organization that Freud
1: helped start. So it's like the whole thing where Freud's like, you owe me your entire career. Pretty much. You owe me. And Jung's like, yeah. no, I'm just better than you. Yeah.
0: Well, the International Psychoanalytic I'm Society. just not crazy.
1: We don't need a crazy person running a <laughs> right. psychological.
0: Well, like, listen, listen. Okay. So this international society was stemmed from the Vienna Psychoanalytic Society which is also known as the Wednesday Psychological Society. Wednesday? Yeah, Wednesday. I don't know why, but it is. Okay. Um, like I said, Freud had started it, and he was the first president in 1911. Um, so Jung had been elected president, and after this beef went down, he just promptly resigned. <laughs> he was like, I'm done. So in 1914, he resigned from being president of this society. That's... Jung then developed his own version of psychoanalytic theory. Okay. Okay. So one of the main things he believed that differed from Freud's ideas was that, like, he did agree that childhood experiences did have an effect on a person's development. But he also thought that the person's aspirations had a high-level effect on their psyche. Right. So it's not just who you were, but it's who you want to be.
1: Right? (laughs) I'm just like,
0: yes. (laughs) Right. So, like, yes, I agree. So. Jung also believed, okay, this one, hmm, this one I'm not so sure about. Jung also believed in the collective or transpersonal unconscious. So those are big words. Um,
1: Wait, I think, okay, explain, because I think I know.
0: Yeah, so, well, yes. So are you Jung reincarnate? Maybe. Okay, listen. But in dumber words. (laughs) So this is a level of unconscious shared with other people that's comprised of latent memories from our ancestral and evolutionary past. Okay, no. No.
1: <laughs> I don't say that, but I. it's not, it, it might be on the same lines where I'm like, my subconscious and my conscious are two different things. <laughs> no,
0: that's totally true. And that is something that, like, Jung and Freud both yeah. talk about. Yeah. No. I have a quote that kind of makes it a little more sense. Yeah. So, a quote from one of the thing, one of the articles that i got my information from says according to jung the human mind has innate characters imprinted on it as a result of evolution these universal predispositions stem from our ancestral past fear of the dark or of snakes and spiders might be examples and it's interesting that this idea has recently been revived in theory of prepared conditioning end quote so he's saying we still have memories from like evolution that like came with us as we evolved that explain why we're afraid of certain things interesting the way that i kind of understand it is you know um i'm pretty sure i have it in here somewhere like our monkey brain like our our fight or flight stuff right that's what he's pretty much saying but he's saying it's because we actually remember things
1: interesting
0: yeah because you know what i mean Yeah. I don't remember the word for it. And I know I have... I I did write it somewhere. You'll get there. Yeah, probably. So, (laughs) that that was one of his things that he believed in. Another thing, and I'm going to kind of stay on this for a little bit, are called archetypes. Which, you know, we've learned about archetypes in, like, English class. Yeah. How there's different archetypes to every story. Like, the hero and stuff like that. And how... There could be color archetypes where colors mean different things. Yeah. So he has archetypes that he believes are like things we all have. Mm -hmm. So they are images and thoughts which have universal meanings across culture, which may show up in dreams, literature, art, or religion. He believed that symbols from different cultures are often very similar because we have this collective unconscious. That's why he thinks we all have similar stories and similar you know, symbols and stuff like that. So, there are four archetypes that he identifies as, like, the most common, the most important ones that Mm -hmm. everyone has. Okay. So, the first one is the persona. This is the outward face we present to the world. It conceals our real self, and Jung describes it as the conformity archetype. Which, this is a thing that other psychologists agree on, like, freud has like the id and the ego and the superego and yeah. stuff like that so this kind of falls along that line
1: mm-hmm.
0: the next one is anima or animus and it's the mirror image of our biological sex so that is the unconscious feminine side in males and the masculine tendencies in women each sex manifests attitudes and behaviors of the other by virtue of centuries of living together
1: interesting
0: yes so he thinks that one of the main archetypes is that we exhibit different tendencies that don't quite align with our biological sex. But to me, that doesn't make a lot of sense. It's just us being people.
1: It's just him trying to put an explanation yes. on why we do things. So, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. It, it isn't. It's like
0: females can have, like, male tendencies and males can have feminine sides and stuff like that. But, like...
1: Right. I think he's just trying to put a name to...
0: Yeah. Something that just is...
1: Humanity. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, the third one is called the shadow. And this... Yes. And this is the animal side of our personality. Like, the id that Freud believes in. Mm -hmm. And it's the source of both our creative and destructive energies. And this is like the primal instinct we have. That's the word I was trying to come up with earlier was primal instinct, instinct. like our monkey brains. Um, I'm glad you understand when I say (laughs) that. Um, And then the last one is self, which provides a sense of unity and experience. And for Zhang, the ultimate aim of every individual is to achieve a state of selfhood.
1: Wow.
0: Yeah. So um, one aspect... Of this is his views on the significance of anima and animus. Mm. Um, Jung argues that these archetypes are products of the collective experience of men and women living together. However, in modern Western civilization, men are discouraged from living in their feminine side and women from expressing uh, expressing their masculine tendencies. So for Jung, the result was that the full psychological development of both sexes were undermined. So, he was saying, we could be so much more if you would just let yourself be who you are. Yeah. Like, if you're a dude, don't be afraid to have your feminine side come out. Stuff like that. Bet. Yeah, he's saying, like, we've so much wasted potential in the Western culture. And so, um, he said, together with the prevailing patriarchal culture of the Western civilization, uh, this has led to the de-evaluation of feminine qualities altogether. And the predominance of the persona, which is the mask, Mm -hmm. has elevated in uh, sincerity to a way of life which goes unquestioned by millions in their everyday life. So he said, because of the way we live in the West, our mask is so much more important than just being who we are. Right? (laughs) Slow clap.
1: I love this guy.
0: Yeah, it's a little wonky getting there, but like... You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I don't agree with everything, but that's Some normal. things are good points. Yeah, a lot of them, I think. Yeah. So, or at least he's on the right track, in my opinion. Yeah. For some, yeah.
0: And so, on the whole, modern psychology has not <laughs> viewed Jung's theory of archetypes kindly. Um, Ernest Jones, the guy who wrote Freud's biography, says that many of his ideas look more like new age mystical speculation than a scientific contribution to psychology.
1: But also if you really think about it, look at Van Gogh. Yeah. Like while he was alive, people just they did not completely yeah. trashed his artwork, complete thought him of a madman. Yeah. And he only sold one painting in his entire life and that was to a friend of him. So he could pay for things.
0: Yeah. And then after he
1: passed, it blew up. And then now it's like, it's like,
0: oh, hipster.
1: Hipster to like Van Gogh. And like, they don't know anything about him. They just know that it's a popular thing to like. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that something like that is going to happen to his beliefs, especially now that more people are more open to things, ideas like this, because we're going into a more. A different yeah. idealistic age. Idealistic age.
0: Yeah. I also want to point out that Freud's biographer is the one who said that. So Exactly. So <laughs> not he's gonna gonna be biased his towards... Yeah. So, but however, uh, even though all these people didn't <laughs> quite receive his words kindly, Jung's work also contributed to mainstream psychology in at least one significant respect. He was the first to distinguish the two major attitudes or orientation of personality, extroversion and introversion.
1: Yeah, so... Yeah, so he was the first to
0: distinguish those. Yeah. Which is a big deal. Um, He also identified the four basic functions of thinking, feeling, sensing, and intuiting. Mm. So he pointed out all that stuff out. And here's the banger. Yeah. He was the person responsible for bringing astrology into psychoanalysts or analysis Ooh, yeah. which is called astro psychology boom baby so have you heard of astro psychology
1: i have but not a lot not a lot not a lot
0: yeah i had not heard of it okay <laughs> i was not into this astrology stuff until recently i
1: was into this before i was into astrology well that's cool well, well i wasn't gateway. into it but i knew about it yeah
0: so for zhang astrology is the summation of all ancient knowledge of psychology yes yes so according to him intuitively the 12 signs of the zodiac work as a compendium of psychic realities and they configure the archetypes dude
1: that's so cool
0: yeah so carl jung was sure that within each human being exists an innate disposition to be what they really are And we don't acquire it, but we are born with it. Okay. Okay. Um, Jung developed the concept of synchronicity in his theory. It's the hypothesis that brings astrology into psychoanalysis. And synchronicity refers to events that generate a coincidence.
1: Whoa, that's cool. Yeah.
0: So they all happen at the same time, but are apparently disconnected. Like when you're thinking about something unusual, like a bat... And then you see one. Oh, uh, yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. My sister has been having that happen to her so much recently. That <laughs> like, happens to me a lot. She, she's like, it's a, it happened again.
1: I mean, whenever, I don't know if I told you. Did I tell you? I don't know. Whenever you were in uh, HEB. Uh-huh. Um, after your dad passed away, I was literally just sitting in my room. And I was working on uh, some artwork. And I just felt like, you know, I need to go get some fruit. (laughs) I really want to stop eating toast in the morning and be healthy and eat some fruit. So I literally just walked to my mom in the next room and was like, I'm going to go to H-E-B. I'll be back. And she was like, why? And I'm like, I want fruit. Fruit, (laughs) mama. (laughs) I literally said, I want fruit. And she goes, okay, we'll see you soon. I'm like, okay. And so I get to H-E-B and then I saw Jessica and it was...
0: Almost immediately started crying. Yeah,
1: I was like, why are you here? (laughs) Because I thought that you were still in...
0: I had just gotten back.
1: Yeah, I thought you were still at your home where your dad was.
0: Yeah, I had just gotten back into town. So, these coincidences work in a very specific pattern. Um, The movements of the universe lead to the concrete events in a person's life, according to him. And this may seem pretty distant from science but quantum physics has also dealt with similar hypotheses yeah so um jung calls astrology the intuitive method he declared on multiple occasions that he verified that certain psychological states or specific events correlates with planetary movement so So like
1: mercury and retrograde and stuff (laughs)
0: like that (laughs) kind of he says particularly when saturn and uranus were affected that was something he declared in 1954 during an interview.
1: That's really interesting. Yeah.
0: So, astrologers, for the most part, agree with many of Jung's points.
1: As they do. And
0: here's a quote from a famous Spanish astrologer named, I think that's Luis Gisbert. <laughs> it says, uh, The force that moves the sun and the stars is the same force that moves the human soul. God. God. Isn't that a really cool quote?
1: I like that. I do
0: too. That is so cool. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Because I agree, the same thing that moves everything else is moving us, and that's just like so much to comprehend.
1: Yeah, and it could be whatever you believe, you know? Yeah. It can be placed into whatever.
0: Yeah, into your own personal beliefs. Yeah, and that's really neat. it, it, It lands perfectly in every belief.
1: Exactly. Like, there's a
0: space for that. (laughs)
1: <laughs> space. space.
0: <laughs> Unintentional pun.
1: Boom. Best kind.
0: So, I'm almost done. I know this has been going on for a while, but oh. I found this so interesting. This is awesome. So, a lot of astrologers turn to Jung's idea to develop their interpretations. Um, so there was this guy, his name is Richard Tarnas, mm-hmm. who is a philosopher at Harvard, mm-hmm. but he's he I don't know if he's still there, but at the time that The article that I was reading was written. He was. He was also a psychologist and an astrologer who found that the star charts of when Galileo, Einstein, and Darwin were born were all super similar.
1: Cool. So the star
0: charts of all of them were, like, really close together. That's really
1: neat. Do we know what they were? No. But we could look them up. We could find that. Probably. I want to know.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I just find that that's super cool. And then the the same planetary configuration was repeated during a Beethoven concert and during Jimi Hendrix's best concert.
1: Stop. The planets were the same. Oh, snap.
0: Yeah, yeah. I just, I just think that could be a really cool kowinky dink. But like, I don't think that's cool. Regardless. That's so neat. So, here's a phrase that sums up his, what's his name? Richard Tarnus, the guy from Harvard. Here's a phrase that sums up his position on yeah. the subject. He says, oh, this is another quote that I really like.
1: Am I going to get chills?
0: Your psyche is the breathing of the cosmos.
1: <laughs> right? Okay, 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 though. I just thought whenever you said Cosmos, the first thing that came to my brain was a Cosmo. (laughs) But Cosmopolitan? Yeah. (laughs) But that is an awesome statement. That is so real. Right? And you can instantly put that into whatever you personally believe in. Yeah. 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 Yes. We are all just a
0: bunch of space dust, honestly. That is so neat. So, almost all psychoanalysts question the influence of astrology on psychoanalysis they see it as just a reduction of imaginary myths and legends that lack validity. Uh-huh. A lot of classical psychoanalysis is based on the idea that humans control their own destiny. Yeah. So it completely goes against the fact that they say coincidences don't exist. So they're, you know what I mean? Like, they're saying none of this can be coincidence.
1: Wait, who's saying that?
0: Classical psycho-
1: psychoanalysis. But not this guy.
0: Well, I'm just saying that all these people question the influence of astrology on psychoanalysis
1: because they believe that it cuz they believe to they're just kind of
0: pulling it out of anywhere.
1: They believe that it's having to do with predestination?
0: No. One second. Am I just not
1: uh, getting something?
0: I think we might both not be getting something. Give me a
1: second. Okay. So um So people who believe in this belief this psychology Mm -hmm. having to do with the stars and whatnot and natal charts and stuff like that Mm -hmm. they don't believe in predestination or they do believe in predestination
0: i think they don't okay but they think they're born with specific qualities but they also make
1: it right their own so then you're saying that classical psychologists believe don't believe in coincidences and don't believe in predestination Yes. So they both don't believe yes. in coincidences. And they both don't believe in coincidences. Yes. So they're both just Weird. trying yeah. to make something up to not like the other person.
0: Kind of, yeah. Because, like, I think the point I was trying to get across okay. is that a lot of today's psychoanalysts are like, you're just pulling stuff together. It's not valid, whatever. Okay. But classical psychoanalysis is based on the fact that coincidences don't exist. Okay. So it's counterproductive right. to what they're saying now. So
1: they're miscommunicating each yes. other. Yes.
0: I believe that's...
1: I don't yes. like miscommunication because I think that it's just a cop-out. Yeah. That's my own personal opinion. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, another side, like from the people who believe in astrology and stuff, they say that there's not one, but there's many ways of reaching the truth. Yes. And that rational scientific truth is only one way.
1: Yes. so That's really neat. Yeah. So and you can even... Sorry, I keep no, you're interrupting fine, keep you. No, are going. But, like, if you wanted to, you can still use both of them at the same time. Yeah.
0: Yes. That's why... Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's why there's astrology and then there's, like, science. Psychology, but then there's astro psychology. Yes, it's it's both sides, and so, um. Despite all these people saying like, ah, oh, this is invalid. There's no science behind this. The use of astrology in psychoanalysis is still around, and that um this is my my ending point, is that some astro psychologists assure that eventually, a new kind of wisdom that challenges rational laws will open up. Oh for sure, and it, I there was a whole bunch about quantum physics and stuff, that's which was so super neat. interesting. But that's where I end this. Carl Jung was a very interesting person who I was very surprised I had never heard about. Yeah, because he was BFFs with Freud. That's really neat.
1: Sorry. No, you're fine. That's so cool. Yeah. Holy cow! Did Holy you learn cats. something? Yeah, of course. <laughs> That is so neat. Right? I knew I like this guy.
0: Yeah, whenever I was writing this, I was like, Sarah's gonna love this. I
1: don't believe in everything.
0: No. You have to take everything with a grain of salt.
1: Yeah. I think personally, if I were to use astrology, I would use it almost like a personality test that you don't use that you don't answer questions to.
0: I think that astrology isn't, like, something that you can be, like, set sorry, I'm a Taurus, so I have to act this way. Yeah. But, like, I think it's something that, like, you can look at it as a way of interpreting.
1: Yeah. Or
0: a way or of. Or understanding. Yes.
1: Why you see things the way you do.
0: And not everything's set in stone. Like.
1: Yeah. Not everything's
0: the same for everyone because everyone is raised differently and grows up in different settings.
1: It's really neat. Yeah, I yeah, yeah, yeah. I loved it. You're right. You know me very well. I'm so happy.
0: Anyways, I want to hear your story.
1: Okay. Yes. Guys. Girls. Guys.
0: Girls. Everyone Everyone else. in between.
1: Everyone who identifies as anything. Uh, we're open to everything. Anyone. Um, I'm doing something different, which is very dangerous. Okay. Okay. So i wrote a story (gasps) like you wrote a story like i wrote a story you made a story i made a story okay off of an actual event that i will talk about afterwards okay so i took an event and then i wrote it wrote a fiction yes based on that okay what
0: it just takes me back to when i first met you (laughs)
1: oh yeah and how you hated me <laughs> i did not hate you i don't believe you. so
0: sarah is the child of a writing teacher so she writes very well
1: but we're both dyslexic
0: <laughs> <laughs> but whenever i first met sarah we were in 12th grade english class and we were presenting our summer projects over beowulf and she wrote a novel
1: i did not it, it was, was literally two pages it was a short
0: story but it was very well written and i just remember sitting there being like wow look at this show off like she's too good like why
1: and also i was the most shy person and we sat right next to each other so was i was mean, trembling while reading we were it meant to be friends we were meant to be it was about a dragon well, it was great
0: i'm so much of a show off with my stuff too but i'm not usually no well like i'm very proud of my work and i tr- i work really hard on my stuff yeah. And so like when I saw someone else that worked really hard and did really good, I was like, wow.
1: We're both very competitive <laughs> we're in that both sense. Like
0: that. And our friends. Anyway.
1: Yes. But it was about a dragon, it was beautiful. But um yeah, so it's along that same line. Yes. Uh, and I'm very proud of it again. And it's kind of like um the no sleep part of Reddit, Reddit, yeah, it's like that. It's like a uh, creepy pasta no almost, sleep. yeah. And Maybe we
0: should type it up and put it on Reddit.
1: No, okay, but we'll find out. Because if this is trash, I swear I'll never do it this again. Is scary, oh, it's unnerving. Oh wait, what did you draw? Oh, sorry, I you drew didn't... paranormal. <gasps> <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> you saw Leah look like a seal. <laughs> paranormal space. I'm ready. Yeah. So hopefully this works out. So. I want to ask you though, while I'm reading the actual story part, because I'm supposed to take you there, also I listened to um, the Interstellar uh, (laughs) soundtrack, you have to see that. (laughs) I haven't seen anything ever. It is literally one of the greatest, most amazing films I have ever seen. It is three hours and I'm ADHD and I but w- I sat there the entire <laughs> time in my dining room watching it. Is
0: that the one with Sandra Bullock getting no, lost in space? No,
1: that's gravity. Oh. I have... That one's good, too. What's but Interstellar? Interstellar is so the Earth is dying, and... <gasps> is it the one where it's, like, seven years on Mars, is or
0: one hour on Mars is seven years on Earth or something like that? But it wasn't
1: Mars. a okay. went through a wormhole. It had a lot of spacey, like, actual science with uh-huh. it. And they went through a wormhole, and they ended up in another galaxy, and then they had to... They were basically trying to find another home for the people on Earth, because Earth was actually dying. Gotcha. Yeah, and all okay. they could eat was corn. I have to re-watch it. You, like, complained about corn last episode. I know, I don't like corn. I would okay. die in this world. Okay, so... Okay. But that's outside of that. I listened to that soundtrack while writing it, so hopefully it's okay. I have not proofread it, so... Yes. So what do you want of me? I want you to be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I love you too, Sarah. <laughs> I want you to be quiet while I read the Can actual. Can I like, sp- close
0: my eyes and transport them? Yeah.
1: Do that. Um, You're going to have to tell me when I'm allowed to talk though. You'll know.
0: know. I-, I will
1: let you. Because okay. then I also tell the original story afterwards.
0: Okay. Just preface it with like, now here's the original story or something like that. So I know.
1: Yeah. Cool. Okay. I'm going into story listening mode. Kind of nervous. <laughs> Don't be. Night. Empty. Cold. Velvety night. In the distance, I could see my beautiful blue light shedding a silver, slight silver of hope through the small window. Night was all that was around me, almost like infinite tomb enclosing all around my small tin can home. I mean... It was space, so I guess it was something to be expected. The feeling of being totally and completely alone, drifting through an abyss so large, our small and ignorant minds could never even imagine comprehending the magnificent vastness of it all. When I am up here, my mind begins to drift, just as my metal enclosure tends to, we both begin to tumble through the endlessness of possibilities. I tend to imagine how small my world back on Earth will be. Being up here in space is not just something I have always wanted to do, but it's something my entire country has wanted me to do. My favorite part of my day is being able to look out of my tiny porthole window and being able to see my shining mother beam on me from down below like a stretched out mouth of a dragon china shines like a star in my night sky i spend my hours working inside my tin can rotating and spiraling throughout the weightlessness of space around me time has no real meaning here but the world down below still revolve around their perpetual dial almost like they themselves are run by some sort of clockwork. The time in China is about midnight right now on October 16th when I finally finished my daily routine so I decide to retire to my luxury suite here in my sardine can after I strap myself to my plush bed of a sleeping bag and a metal table. I stare out the boardhole near window near me and began to imagine just what everyone back on home is up to. I close my eyes and thought of the bustling cities full of cars and people running to and fro, paying no mind to the people running alongside them, living their own busy lives. I then Think of people running the farms and the delicious crops that they would later feed. Millions and millions of people alike. Then, I let my mind fall onto the inevitable thought of war and bloodshed. Hundreds of thousands of people killing other hundreds and thousands of people over and over again. Much like a broken clock whose gear is stuck, causing its arms to constantly tick, the same hour, minute, and second, over and over and over again, until somebody is able to fix it, or until the clock meets its fate, and the garbage later to be forgotten. But here, in space, all alone, there is no time to fight with. There is no person to hate. In this space, and in this tin can, there is only me, the only living, breathing creature or entity in this fleeting, rolling, tumbling tube throughout the suffocating cavity of space. Me, and only me, left alone with my own thoughts. But then, I felt my ears prick. I felt the sensation tingle across my scalp, all the way down my spine, causing me to shiver and feel unease. It began to build in my belly. I must be going crazy. What on earth was that? But that was the thing that caused me the most panic. I wasn't on earth. The sound was not only difficult to describe, And in any other situation, it would not be difficult to describe or to believe. Yet right here in this instant, I couldn't believe my ears. It was a knock. Mm -hmm. It was a sound that brought nostalgia to my memories and tears to my eyes. It was a knock at my door. On the body of a spaceship, my spaceship, the sound reminded me of someone knocking on an iron bucket with a wooden mallet. After what felt like hours, but were probably only seconds, I allowed myself to slowly unbuckle my straps and to carefully drift over to the porthole window. As I began to near the sealed door into the vacuum of space, I felt the chill of dread slowly creep its hand onto my shoulder. I could already see the once beautiful and hopeful blue light highlight the soft metal encapsulating the thick plexiglass window. But now, seeing the light from my home world, full of people taking their hours of life away, it only brought a bitter taste. My mouth. I looked out the window and saw nothing. Was I crazy? I could have sworn I heard it. The reminder of other life, the sound of a friendly neighbor walking up to your door, the sound caused by other life. But when I looked out the window, on to the door where I heard the noise. I only saw the claustrophobic velvetness of opaque space. I cried bitter tears and could only think of one thought over and over again. I am completely and utterly alone. The end. Ooh. Ooh. That's it. That was spooky
0: like
1: that <laughs> <laughs> what do you think besides was, that you don't like
0: it was very well written yeah blah, 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 blah. Like it. oh
1: sorry <laughs> i could not imagine
0: being in space and that
1: no no yeah no, no 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 so apparently this story is based off of the encounter told by china's first man in space <gasps> the first one uh-huh Okay this is Chinese. I am not Chinese. I am not. Uh, so this was Yang Li-wai? Liwei? 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 I think it's Liwei. Uh, he went to space in 2003 aboard the Shenzhou 5. During his flight, he recalled hearing somebody knocking on the body of his ship and described it being like someone knocking on an iron bucket with a wooden hammer, which is where I got that from. Absolutely not. He also stated that the knocking was neither on the inside or the outside of the ship. He, oh, like,
0: part of the ship.
1: Yeah. He never saw what was causing the knock, though, and when he came back to Earth, he could never perfectly recreate the sound. Uh, he was not the only person to ever hear the knocking. Uh, other astronauts have also heard the mysterious knocking as well. And it wasn't
0: like an asteroid hit or like a little tiny
1: no. piece of
0: space rock?
1: Mm-mm. And given that space has no medium for sound to travel through, oh, such that's as true air particles, Ooh, I or
0: forgot about that.
1: water molecules, or basically solid atoms, you would expect, Space to be silent, causing this phenomenon to still baffle scientists to this day. Uh, which leaves this friendly neighbor of ours to still be standing and knocking and waiting for their chance to finally and officially meet us because no one truly likes to be left alone. Uh, do they?
0: Uh, I don't like that. I don't like that one bit.
1: <laughs> yeah. they think it's an early in he does he thinks that it's um really very ignorant of people to believe that people on like we're the only ones out there well yeah
0: i kind of agree
1: yeah so
0: but why would a friendly neighbor knock knock and then ditch they're playing ding dong ditch
1: or it's almost like when the english came to america and when the Native Americans saw um, sails of the boats, yeah, they couldn't, com- yeah, because they couldn't comprehend something so that they have never we even can't thought of.
0: Comprehend whatever he w- like, he couldn't comprehend what he was seeing, so it was as if nothing was there.
1: That's an idea. That's, yeah, that's even scarier. I hate that. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah. No. And it was either this story I covered or a U.S. astronaut the one who has been there the most, he's traveled to space like six times, I think. Uh-huh. He has seen space snakes twice. Cool. Yeah. Sp- snakes. Splakes. Snakes. Ugh. Have you ever read, there was
0: one thing, it, it was a joke, but it was by an astronaut. Um. And it was like, who's Jerry, or like, yeah. I'll have to try to find it. It was really funny, but spooky, because you know it's fake. Mm-hmm. But, ugh. Yeah, I could not imagine that. We both got kind of hard ones to do for stars, huh? I mean... Space... Space. Space paranormal. Yeah. Space psychology. Yeah. Those were some of the harder two. I don't know. Space true crime. <laughs> Ooh, true crime imagine. involving
1: space. That'd be hard. That'd be very difficult. And space wasn't even our topic. It was stars. I know, but we both went the
0: space route yeah I'm sure if we did true crime it would have to be like a celebrity
1: somebody who like took their Zodiac way too far <laughs> the Zodiac killer sorry
0: oh you're right though yeah. probably, probably. Yeah. <laughs> my mentee the I was her mentor in college she was obsessed with um, Mark Ruffalo yes like loves him loves Mark Ruffalo and her favorite movie is Zodiac And she has a Twitter stream every time she watches it. Yes. And it's, like, ongoing. Uh Uh-huh. And she can literally just... We watched the movie once together, my first time ever watching it, and she was just sitting
1: there, like, saying the lines with them. Me and Homeward Bound. Yes. (laughs) And, uh, oof. (laughs) But I try really hard not to do that.
0: I know. She just is so in love with that movie.
1: That's great. But... It's a good movie.
0: So is that it? Is that yours? Yep, that's it. It was really good. Thank you. I was really sad I couldn't talk. (laughs) Wow, is that it? Yeah. We have to figure out what state we're doing next. Oh, rats.
1: Okay. Let's look it up. Okay. We're going to randomly generate a state. Florida.
0: Florida! Oh, if someone gets true crime... Everything everything, just true, true crime there. Florida man. Floor, true crime alligator. runs in the veins. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. Wait, we need to rock, paper, scissors. Oh, you're right. Okay. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. I win.
0: Did you draw paranormal again? Is that what happened? Yeah.
1: Gotcha. Let me see. gotcha. Okay. Well, next week we're doing Florida, and uh, we're going to see what happens. Um, until that point, you can keep up with us on all of our social media, even though we don't really do much on there. We should
0: start. I've been trying to,
1: but, yeah. I feel like once we have more going on. Yeah, because right now we're kind of stagnant. But at some point, we'll start doing fun things.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, the more we grow, the more things will happen.
1: Yeah, the more we grow, the more we'll go. <gasps> rhymes. <laughs> <laughs> I spit out rhymes. But follow Aceyota on Instagram and Twitter at Aceyota. That's A-C-E-A-O-T-A. And also send us your emails. <gasps> yes, 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 please. At gmail at gmail.com. <sighs> wow. We, but I, got the, you got, the I got, got the Gmail part. And again, it's A-C-E-A-O-T-A podcast at gmail.com. Perfection. Yes, send us everything and anything, especially your secrets. I want to read them. Send us everything. Send us your life story. Send us your um, your natal stuff. Send us your Zodiac. Your Zodiac, so we can know more about you.
0: Yeah. Caleb, that's you, you Gemini. <laughs> Gemini. Gemini. Gemini.
1: Honestly, that explains so much about (laughs) Caleb. Anyways. So much. We'll see you next time. We love you to the moon and back. (gasps) To the moon around the sun and back again. Stars. Stars. Okay. Thanks. Bye. You just Um, don't remember. That's why.
0: No, my moon is Aquarius and my rising is Virgo? I'm going to look. You did this. Is Jessica correct? That She's was correct. me dabbing. I hate that. <laughs> and the Taurus sun, Aquarius Moon, Virgo rising. That's beautiful. I remembered. It. And my sister is the super Scorpio. She
1: is so
0: many Scorpio. <laughs> <laughs> so much Scorpio and such a small child. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> that, Ooh, I heard it. Ooh.
1: Ooh.
0: Hello? Please don't fall. <laughs> Enter. <laughs> Enter the layer. Enter the podcast layer, the pod zone. Enter the pod,
1: pod, (gasps) pod, podcast (gasps) zone. Podcast zone instead of auto zone. It's podcast zone. The pizone. The pozone is the new
0: like calzone from Pizza Hut.
1: (laughs) The fact that you know that (laughs) puts in plug. (laughs)
0: Um, guys, I'm going to see them
1: tomorrow. (gasps) Oh yeah, that's so excited. I love them good mackle boys. It's a um, D&D podcast. I almost said LARP, and I'm it's like... a LARP <laughs> podcast. No, it's The Adventure Zone. It's very
0: well known, honestly. It's by the people that make my brother my brother and me, and this will be the second time I get to see them, and I'm very, very, very excited. <laughs> They're going on their book tour, and I get to see them tomorrow with my other best friend. Don't. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh.